before we get started this week, very quickly, you guys remember that whole thing with Manchester City in the Court of Arbitration of Sport, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I actually read the Court of Arbitration decision because I'm like that. It's 97 pages long, but I read the whole thing because okay. I'm interested <laughs> in that kind of thing. But I thought what I'm going to do here is I'm going to make it really interesting yeah, it's dry, so I'm going to moisten it for you guys because I think it's important for people to know these. Okay, so the best way I can explain it is that imagine that UEFA is just like this old, rich billionaire, yeah? And Man City is like his really young, attractive wife who just happens to be a 20-year-old model, okay? So, so here's what happens, right? One day, uh, UEFA is at work and they get this phenomenal phone call that there's some young, fit dude hanging around the house, messing around with his wife, Man City. So he boots it home, yeah, gets to the door. Just as he walks through, this young fit dude walks out, winks at him, goes, all right, Dan, Dad, leaves. And there's Man City wearing nothing but her underwear and a large blouse. So you wait for think, right, what's going on here? Nothing. The rest of the no, we've been through this before, actually. Who was that guy? No one, nothing. I say nobody. Listen, I had an anonymous phone call that you missed. Anonymous phone call, anonymous food phone call. Anonymous, anonymous don't mean nothing. Probably one of my girls, probably Shakira, something like that. Just stirring. They don't know nothing. How can you trust an anonymous phone call? So, your wafer says, all right then, if you don't tell me who that was, I'm taking all your shoes. There's 200 pairs. I'm having that. Nothing. Okay, if you don't tell me who that was, I'm taking the keys to your Mercedes. Nothing. Okay, if you don't tell me who that is, I'm taking away your platinum credit card. Right, that sets Man City off. What are you doing? You're crazy, old man. You tripping, you tripping. I'm calling my mother. So mother-in-law comes over, and that's the court of arbitration for sport. What's going on here? And uh, UEFA say, yeah, she's been messing around. I've got this anonymous phone call that she's messing around with some young dude, and uh, she won't tell me what's going on. So I've taken away everything, the car, the credit card, the shoes. Mother-in-law, court of arbitration sport goes, is that true? Yeah, there's an explanation for everything. He's a plumber, yeah? We had a leak. He was a plumber. He came to fix the plumbing. Yeah, he's, he's tripping. No man's tripping. So, court of arbitration sport, checks the kitchen. There's been a leak. It's wet. It's been fixed. Rings the number of the young dude. He says, John Smith's plumber's emergency call out. How can I help you? Court of arbitration sport said, yeah, look, this all checks out. You don't have any proof that she's done anything wrong. Okay, so for that reason, you've got to give her back the credit card. Thank you. You've got to give her back the Mercedes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But Man City, you've not been helpful. You didn't cooperate. You didn't say anything. For that reason, UEFA, you get to keep the 200 shoes. And that, in a nutshell, is what happened. You're all about to witness a monumental throwdown. There you go. I've explained it all for you. 97 pages in an easily digestible form. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to FPL Bros episode 29. We're just going to do a quick sort of uh, international break preview, sort of look back on game week four, because there's no way we could have left you without all the madness and craziness that happened at the weekend. Guys, how are we doing? All good here. Yeah, I'm Wonderful, all right, thanks. Yeah. yeah, okay. So shall we just get started straight into it? Okay. Yeah, let's dive in. You're all about 
All right, first things first, should we talk about the results? <laughs> We're going to oh. start with the Villa and Liverpool, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, ready to hear it. I think Derek should go first. What do you think <laughs> of the result? Oh, I mean, <laughs> a, a mixture of being unlucky and just not being at their best. You know, it's not not much more to say. I think at least three goals were scored, or should I say, conceded by Liverpool as a result of a deflection. Um, which is unheard of and you know fair play to Villa they played so well and one thing I noticed from the game was Klopp tried the same high line tactic which he played against Arsenal which worked amazingly however it didn't seem to work as well against Oli Watkins and Grealish Grealish had the game of his life and at the point where I saw Grealish nutmeg Van Dijk <laughs> oh wait did that actually happen it happened uh, okay, for, gonna, this is it Game over. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the high defensive line, I think it's uh, given us some absolutely crazy results so far this season. From what I've heard, I think that was the problem. But usually the press is so good from Liverpool that nobody really gets in behind, do they? But Jamie, your thoughts, please. I mean, like, I think everybody listening would be expecting me to, like, well, absolutely take the mick out of Liverpool. And I'll, I want to, but to be fair with them, Derek's right. I've never seen so many deflected shots in my life. If oh. there were, if there was like any luck in this game, it was all on Villa's side. It was, it was pretty sad to be honest. The way like they, it seemed like they would just hit it. It would bounce off a shin or a knee or a bum and it would just fly into the <laughs> corner. It was like, what is happening here? Like, do you know what? They had so much confidence at one point they just started hitting it because they were yeah, thinking, just, I just think kick so. It, just kick it. But, just give it a go. <laughs> even if you take away the three deflected goals, it's still 4-2 to Villa though, isn't I mean, it? It's, it? I mean, I think what happened was, I don't know, like, I feel like Liverpool, they've been riding their almost invincible season and like the, the impenetrable defence a bit. But then when they come up against a team, it's just like, you know what, let's have it. Like, like literally, we've got nothing to lose. A Leeds, for example, or a Villa. Like, it's like, you know, we don't care. Like, yeah, you're probably going to batter us, but we're going to get at least one or two. And then they get three or four or what was it? Seven. <laughs> so, you know, like it could happen. I think that's what, what happened. Like Liverpool came out there thinking, oh, well, we'll win. It's three points in the bag. And Villa came I, out, well, we're going to lose. I can't help feeling that. I can't help feeling that Liverpool's attitude had a lot to do with it because, to be fair, Aston Villa only just survived last season, didn't they? You know, so look, footballers are human. They probably they were like us. They probably thought, you know, they're probably up all night till 12. No, OK, they're not going to say they're being unprofessional, you know, playing FIFA until 12 or something. It's like, man, Villa, what do we have to worry about? But You're all about to witness a monumental throwdown. All right, moving on. Obviously, there was uh, Old Trafford, Manchester United conceding six goals to um, Spurs. How did we see that one? I mean, let's first talk about the massive incident that everyone's talking about, you know, the red card. Hmm? Um, What are your thoughts, guys? Was it deserved? Yes, I think it's deserved. I think the question isn't whether the red card was deserved. I think the question is whether there should have been two two red cards or or, or none. Essentially, yeah. if you're not, if you're going to give a red card for one of them, you have to give it for the other. True. It was completely, yeah. it was completely like, I mean, it was just disgusting. Like mm. he just, they're in the box. He clearly elbows him in the face. Martial mm. hits out at him. VAR yeah. shows you point blank what happens. 
And then, like, you saw one red card, and even the commentators, if you were watching the game, I was watching it live. Like, even the commentators are like, all right, they're checking VAR, that'll be a second red card that we're going to see, da 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 And then they just played on. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> Everyone was shocked. I, I would love to know what the explanation for that is, because they told us that was what VAR was for. Like, goal incidents, offsides, and red card incident, mm-hmm. you know. So you look at it, you say to the referee, we think it should be a red card, or they say to him, go and have a look at the monitor. Because we yeah. think it should be a red card. And then he looks at it and he should think it's going to be red But they just left the whole thing. So, again, maybe it's human error. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody just happened to be looking the other way. But uh-huh. I, I can't get my head around it. But, again, even then, Man United, by all accounts, looked like they were falling apart by the time the second Spurs goal had gone in. Completely capitulated. They had, like, after the red card... I think it was Bailly who did like a loose pass in the box. And it was just, it was all over from there. It was like, well, yeah. that, when it, I said, well, that's it, game done. I like, mean, before, before the red card, when United were losing 2-1, it was just incredible how they could have scored so early on in the game. And then within minutes, Tottenham were ahead. It just goes to show that mentality, you know, they were at home and they were losing 2-1 to a Spurs team who they scored first against. That's not the old United. That doesn't happen. Do you know what I mean? Most teams, if they're ahead at home, they usually will end up winning or drawing. It's one of those stats in the Prem. You don't really come back from winning the game to lose, especially not that early on. And, you know, for Mourinho to give his team that boost that they don't, you know, kind of hang their heads and blame each other. They just kind of keep it going. And, you know, Son's goal was brilliant. Son played amazingly. So did Harry Kane. Um, I think everyone in the Spurs team had a brilliant performance and, Aurier, oh my God, I mean, they brought in Doherty and he's just trying to prove to, to Mourinho that, you know, I'm the guy you need in the team. So yeah, fair play to him, he played amazing yeah. as well. Yeah, it looks mm. like he's played that one right, giving him a bit of competition, keep him on his yeah. toe. Uh, yeah, I, heard that, I heard that Hoiberg had a good game as well. Yes. Perhaps we shouldn't all be too surprised at that because wasn't he at one of the European giants before um, Southampton signed him? Uh, but he wasn't getting a game, and Southampton signed him. He didn't do an awful lot there, but it was obvious he was a good footballer. I think he's pretty much the best player. I think he's Danish. It's him and Ericsson who run that Danish team, uh, effectively. Why uh, well, keep an eye on him, then? Yeah. Possibly. He is deep-lying, but we'll get on to that anyway. And obviously, even though uh, the Man City result was nowhere near as crazy as that one, I think a lot of people still would have had some eyebrows raised about how they just laboured against Leeds and Kenny came away with one point. And can, we were can I just say, I, I want to put my hand up and say, I definitely underestimated Leeds and I was wrong. Last pod, I said, you said you were going to run right. And when Sterling scored his goal, mm-hmm. I went, OK, here we go. Floodgates opened. Yeah. And Leeds had more chances on target and they had just as much possession as City at the end of the game. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was going to be a goal fest. Yeah, but I, well, I wasn't sure. I thought it would be a goal fest as well. That's where that's where I was wrong. I definitely I thought there would be a lot more goals just because I thought the attacks were potent and the defences yeah. were loose and empty. And I just thought, well, that's it. It's just going to be who can score the most goals in 90 minutes. 100%. But, but no, it was like it really came down to the tactics. And I think that's because of the two managers. And because Pep idolises Bielsa and Bielsa went to prove his point against Pep. It became like very intense, high pressure football, but not many shots coming, not like not many goals going through, you know. Yeah, right, can possibly. I just say 
when I watched that game, De Bruyne looked a bit weird. He wasn't the usual Kevin De Bruyne. He he lost a lot of balls. He misplaced quite a few passes. Really? He didn't really yeah, he didn't really look like himself. And mm-hmm. I think you guys should go back and rewatch some of the key highlights from that game. And you see De Bruyne wasn't involved in too many of them. He looked quite sloppy in that game. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if the position he was playing wasn't the usual one, but he he didn't look like himself in that game. Mm. Well, um, one thing I would say is that he has been known to have slow starts to the season before. So I'm hoping that's just it. But, you know, even though you may have called the result wrong, Derek, like we all did, at least you got the right Man City midfielder. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was my player pick, wasn't he? <laughs> totally. So I captain De Bruyne. I said go for Mares as well. And look how that turned out. All righty then. Okay, so now we're into the the real meaty stuff here. The transfer window. Who's had a good one? Who's had a bad one? Who's got you uh, licking your lips? Or who are you thinking, nah, nah, I'm not having him. I'm not having that. They got taken to the cleaners with that transfer. Uh, should we start with Manchester United, seeing as there was an awful lot being talked about them, pretty much all window. And uh, they signed Cavani. And who is the other person that they signed? Uh, Tellez. Tellez. Tellez, that's right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they signed a couple more. But I, I think we can agree that those were the main ones, basically. So who wants yeah. to start? So, like I was saying, with, with Manchester United, the problem lies with their defensive abilities. Mm-hmm. So, going ahead and signing Edison Cavani and Alex Tellez doesn't really help them because Tellez is a attacking wing-back or, you know, um, full-back. Mm. And Edison is, you know, Oldman's... <laughs> I don't even know how to describe him but he's had his time it's done I, I literally don't know what they're thinking I don't know if they're signing people just for the sake of having some deals done through the window but I think if I was doing that I'd be fine now yeah it does seem like they're taking the mick a little bit with that signing because it's like oh we've got to have a marquee signing and we go here's your marquee signing someone whose sell-by date was like 2000, 2018 how's that yeah that's a good way to put it. I agree 100. <laughs> because I don't, I don't see, I don't see what what Cavani brings. I don't like. I would, if I had to put my finger, I wouldn't have said Man United's attack is an issue. I wouldn't have even been bothered with a striker no. because no. because that's the only part that gets them through some of these games. Their potent attack. Yeah. Like their front yeah, three. Yeah. Are you bringing Cavani to do what to to challenge Ingalo for the third striker or what? Like I don't know what we're looking for here. <laughs> The, the worst thing is, like, they're going to have to get him up to speed as well because he's not been playing. Do you know? I, I mean, I, I suppose they got him for a free, so that is something. But, um, but the thing is, Man United, be... like, it's just it's just like they've got yeah. money to burn because when you even when you say a free, like, it's never a free. It's a signing on fee that people talk yeah, about. Yeah, there is because a signing on fee, that's that, true. And for him, he would have taken at least five million minimum. So yes. you're, not, you're paying five million for him, really, if you yes, put it down to bare bones yeah. of transfer money. And then, nah. not to mention the fat wage packet that he's going to get as well. It would be decent because yeah. it'd be a case of you want me, but you are Man United, so you can afford it. You know, exactly. Just see how how badly you really want it. Oh, uh, so, what was the name of that guy, Sanchez? Was yeah, Sanchez? Yeah, give me what he had. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I'm proud of that. 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, Cavani, I'd be very surprised if he was a regular starter. And Tellers, I have to say that surprised me a little bit because there was Solskjaer going on about, like, we're Man United. You know, we've got the greatest youth system in the world. We're Man United. We bring through the youth. So, yeah, you've got Brandon Williams and obviously Luke Shaw, who has a bit of a stop-start career at United, but uh, I think oh. he's still got potential. And now you're adding Tellers to that. So what's that? Is that two fingers to Brandon Williams? Is, I don't know. is he, he going to go back to under 23s? What's that? What's that all about? I'm not sure. I mean, I think they. I think the it, it really is a replacement of Luke Shaw, and then Brandon Williams still maintains second fiddle. Um, I mean, oh, I nice. imagine because mm. Luke Shaw's just. I don't know. Like, even one second, mention him. Did you guys see his challenge at the weekend as no, well? No, I didn't see it, but I heard it was bad disgusting like <laughs> nowhere near the ball two foot <laughs> take him out and not even not even a red like i was like what is going on here how is that not a, how is that not like endangering a player sorry to take it back to that just because we were talking about the red cards in that game and that was another red that needed to happen if his name was jacka oh, he would have been off true very true but yeah yeah i, I think tellers will take the first spot and then luke shaw get demoted to i don't know wherever maybe Europa League or are they in the Champions League they are right he'll get demoted to like early Champions League games I guess yeah I I, I just remembered seeing something early on in the week where they were comparing some of United's departures and signings so United sold Chris Smalling to Roma and he's had an amazing season there Mm. and then they signed Harry Maguire Mm -hmm. and then they they sold Lukaku to Inter, where he scored mm. like over 35 goals or something. Yeah. Last season, and then they've signed Cavani, who scored only seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good it's fun. Amazing. Yeah, I love it. it's, good, man. it's all good fun. I was going to bring this up before, but I might as well say this now. I think like the problem at the moment with the Premier League is just the defenses, and uh, I think that's down to the lack of a pre-season. And a lot of managers have been saying in the pre-season is where you make all your mistakes. And by the time the season starts, you, you pretty much would have ironed out all the mistakes. But because we, we haven't had a pre-season, they're still making their mistakes. So I'd like to think that's the reason for all the craziness that's been happening lately. And my theory is eventually it will settle down. I mean, obviously, you can say things like, oh, this keeper got injured and, you know, that defender had a bad game and so on and so forth and so forth. Because Because nobody knows what's going to happen. So that's my theory. My theory is, they, it's going to settle down eventually and they'll get all the mistakes out of their system, uh, which they should have done pre-season. But there's lots of theories flying around about what's going on. That's just the one that I happen to have. Yeah, OK, so Spurs, they, I, I, you know, I got all excited when I saw the name Vinicius and I thought I wasn't excited I don't I don't have excitement for Spurs. well okay I appreciate you're not going to be excited but still it's kind of a like eyebrows raised sort of thing and that was just clickbait I think I got done by clickbait there because they must have known by using that name people be like click <laughs> some Portuguese kid <laughs> not that guy at Real Madrid um, so yeah so they picked him up Obviously, their big signing was Bale as well. Then they've got that. I think it's he's a right back. No, sorry, he's a left back. Reg- Regulion. 
Um, so what yeah. do you make of the first signings? Yeah, they've had a good season. Um, signings, they've got some decent players in, players who, you know, fit well within the team and cover gaps which they needed covering. I think they've had a good period of signings, yeah. Looks all right, doesn't it? I yeah, think they've done definitely. they've done really well. I'm getting annoyed because I'm re- I was really expecting Mourinho to really like capitulate and show a second second season Mourinho, but it seems like he's doing okay at the moment. I'm still holding my breath because I think it's going to come to fruition. With their signings, I haven't seen too much to to comment apart from Regulion getting done by uh, Aspilicueta, but I heard that he played pretty well in the in the six one. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he's got a decent cross on him, and which is what the people expect from their fullbacks these days. They've got to be pretty much play like wingers, and they've all got to cross it like Beckham now. And mm-hmm. so if he's going to be doing that, uh, I, I don't really have anyone. I mean, Ben Davis plays there, but I, his glory days were was when Pochettino was the manager, and I think he's kind of gone downhill since then. Sessegnon's gone out on loan. So it looks like it's uh, a Regulion spot to lose, basically. Yeah, and I think Vinicius is there to take the pressure off Harry Kane because he plays pretty much every game for 90 minutes. And, you know, I think it's the, they just ask too much of him, basically. Uh, they've got to give him a bit of a break every now and again. Yeah. And I think that's the idea by the Vinicius, uh, uh, behind the Vinicius signing. Whether he's actually going to score any goals is another thing entirely. I mean, his record in Portugal is, is OK, so we'll just have to wait and see. And then why don't we uh, segue into the red half of uh, North London with the Arsenal signings. Um, well, Mr. Thomas Partey. Yeah. Is uh, the ink is still wet on that deal, isn't it? Ah, oh, man, I can't tell you how happy I am with this signing. <laughs> I cannot tell you. First things first, he's a garden man. So I'm yeah. excited to see that. Secondly, no, I am. he's a player that we've been waiting for, man. Just... Just some strength, some surety in the midfield, some decisive playing. Like, he doesn't seem like he messes about. I mean, I've been watching him for a little while now. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just excited to see him come. Um, In terms of fantasy football, I don't know how helpful he'll be. He's not known for goal scoring. He's not known for assists. One thing he is known for, though, which is what we've been talking about, which seems to be like my buzz thing at the moment, is bonus mm-hmm. points. He's extremely good with stats. Mm-hmm. Like almost faultless with his passing, almost faultless with his take-ons, his tackles and things like that. And if I remember correctly, those are the kind of things that he might get looked at for in when it comes to bonus points. So maybe it could be a long shot for bonus points. And also, also Arsenal aren't a side which have many midfielders who like to get towards the box. So maybe he might be more productive than he was in Spain, where Atletico Madrid have a bit more, I mean, attacking prowess, if you like. I suppose so. I, I was thinking the opposite to you. I was thinking. Atletico Madrid, obviously, they do have a lot of attacking prowess, but they're thinking they're one of the best defensive teams in the world. They don't concede many goals. They have a lot of discipline, which has been instilled into them by Simeone. Mm. And I was thinking Partey, you know, playing in that holding midfield role, like you said, he might not go up a lot and he might not get a lot of assists, but he will control that midfield. He will make sure the ball flows around. And whoever needs to be that creative player in Arsenal can have a little bit more freedom in actually going there, creating the chances and not thinking too much about the defensive aspects because he will make sure the defensive midfield part is covered and it also relieves some stress of the defensive guys as well. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I think it will definitely help Arsenal's style of play because 
up front, they're amazing. You know, they've got good yeah. signings there. Like, yeah. you've got the Aubameyangs, you've got your Williams and so on and so forth. You know, you've got yeah. your Sackers and stuff. But, yeah. um, Sackers and stuff. But in, in, in the defensive part as well, I think they were struggling mm. and they I have got some new signings to cover that. Yeah. But yeah. now no. they've got this party in there to, to yeah. do what he needs to do. He, I think I, it's going to be a. I think it's really all about tightening up the defending and the controlling of the game. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I've been saying for a while, too long, frankly, I was saying Arsenal's defence is about to pop. Just you watch. It's still not popping. But maybe <laughs> finally now that will pop. And I've got my eye on Bellerin as far as fantasy football is concerned, actually. I, yeah. I, I, you know, he's served me well in the past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, lately he's been too expensive. The whole Arsenal defence has been too expensive for a team that just doesn't keep clean sheets. But I really do think their time is coming. It's been coming for a while. I think one of the things that Arteta is trying to get them doing is, is just to get tighter, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, again, this is it. You know, I've been here before, famous last words, but I'm looking at some Arsenal cleanies with Carty in there. I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble a bit, Jamie. I mean, he's in the game for five million. And basically, a five million midfielder in FPL is a midfielder who's literally there to make up the numbers. Mm-hmm. He's, if he's five million because he's not going to be getting any points. And sure, he may be doing all the things that contribute to towards getting a bonus point. But as soon as, if a defender keeps a clean sheet, or if a midfielder or a striker scores a goal, he's going to be out of the running for bonus points, basically. So he might get one or two of them in a nil-nil. <laughs> but, yeah, right. um, but, but then again, I don't know, he might surprise us. He might be like um, Yaya Toure a couple of seasons ago, where Yaya Toure, even though he was a deep-line midfielder, he just started scoring for Man City and he didn't stop. <laughs> and yeah, he can't, like, he can't, Yeah, he can't possibly keep, <laughs> keep this up. Bam! 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 Yeah, no, it's, it's going to stop now. Bam! 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 <laughs> pow! Bam! Okay, but, but anyway, that's my take. Let's um, see all right. Who else? Who else? Who else? Man City. I think there's only been one. I mean, City haven't really done any signings. I think Not there's only really. been kind of one interesting-ish signing, which is Jota to Liverpool, and even oh, okay. there. I don't think he's fully gelled into the team from watching him. He's okay. He's doing well, but he doesn't have the explosiveness of some of the two starting wingers that we have, Salah and Mane. They're very explosive. Well, I think Jota is more, he is more skillful and fluid with his play, which is okay, but I think it's going to take him some time to maybe get used to playing on the wing with Liverpool because he does need to be a bit more explosive, in, in my opinion, when he has the ball. But yeah, I think it's a good signing. Just it's nothing out of the world. I, I would say it's not it's not anything to get too excited about. OK, um, Jamie, how do you see the Jota signing? Initially, well... I think I think it's a good signing. I know what you mean by he's not gelling, he's not gelled in just yet. But I see him more as like a backup because your front three is not getting penetrated anytime soon. So yeah. I, I see him as more of a backup and then a rotation just in case someone gets someone gets injured. So in FPL yeah. in FPL stats, he's not nothing to he's nothing to look at or nothing to write home about until maybe someone hits a bad patch of form, which I'm not sure who's going to do it. Like it's not going to be Mane or Salah, and I don't know if you guys will play him through the middle. So you know. But um, so yeah, I think it's just a bad patch of form. That's that's gonna that, that that that's the only hope he's got to get into the side. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't look into that. 
I mean, Man City um, signed Ruben Diaz as their yeah. to screw up their centre back, and they also signed um, Nathan Ake, but none of them are <laughs> none of them are showing up to do anything special for their for their back line yet. So they spent a lot of uh, money again on absolutely nothing. That's another. Well, point. yeah, he's he's not had much luck with the defenders, really. Has uh, old Pep? He's only got himself to blame for that because, as he said several times before. He doesn't even believe in tackling. So if, <laughs> if you don't believe in tackling, how are you going to spot a good defender? Uh, I, I'm being facetious. I mean, obviously, there's ways of defending without tackling. But it's funny how he just keeps getting wide of the mark with that. I mean, there was John Stones. There was that. Uh, that What's the name of that Spanish kid who they're having to let go now? Garcia. Keeps ex- yeah, that's right. Garcia. You all thought yeah. he might do something and then he didn't. And then... Otamendi, I mean, he's just past his best now. And it's just, I, I don't know. And the thing is, he inherited company, didn't he? Yeah, so he did. you have to wonder, if he had turned up at Man City and company hadn't been there, how how would that have turned out then? Maybe mm-hmm. he would have been the one to sign Maguire. Who knows? Anyway, and then with Jota, yeah, I think he's a good signing journey because I think he fits into that kind of mould of a of a of sort of a of sort of winger cunt forward that Mane and Salah are because he kind of played that at Wolves they played three up front with uh, and he'd be on either side of a uh, Jimenez so I think he's tailor made for that kind of sort of winger come forward uh, that they have at Liverpool so I I'm expecting him to come good you know he's got bags of potential and uh, I think uh, I think that's another good signing obviously he might not get as much game time as the uh, as the other three. But yeah, like Jamie said, an injury, you know, bad patch of form or whatever, and who knows? Yeah, we just have to wait and see. You're all about to witness a monumental throwdown. Okay then. Is there anything else anyone wanted to draw attention to? No, nothing from the transfer window. I think it's been a pretty average year in terms of transfers. <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah. Um, but I've heard it's yeah. been like one of the most expensive ones as well, which is crazy because it doesn't feel like anything's happened. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, Man City spent sixty-five on a on a defender, and Arsenal spent fifty on a midfielder. But like, mm. other than that, like, nothing's really seemed like seemed like wow, it's crazy. Well, I think a, a lot of transfers are, have been un, well, there have been quite a few undisclosed transfers, and people are probably just having a stab at what the price are. You know, they've got mm. consultants, accountancy firms. You just said. Well, we don't know how much that transfer was. Just stick it down to 15 million. We'll, we'll call it a successful transfer window. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, compared to Europe, as, as usual, Premier League has spent a lot of money. Yeah, all that talk about um, the, the clubs staring financial ruin in the face, probably a little bit premature on this yeah, evidence. I think so. Yeah, I think so, definitely. But, although uh, nearly 70 million on new signings and you've got to let the Gunnosaurus go. I don't know how that works out in your, your accounting there, Jamie. But... Man, let's not, let's not talk about it. Mean, <laughs> at the moment, we've got we've got Meza Ozil offering to pay his wages so he can stay at the club as a PR stunt. So it's all going left at Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that. He came out and he said he did a heartfelt speech saying basically that I'll pay for the mascot. You don't have to sack him. Don't worry. That's like, oh my gosh. As if, shut up, man. Play for the under-23. Obviously, his commitment on the pitch it can be questioned, but he does seem to be like a footballing type person, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, when he when he came to Arsenal, he went full Arsenal, didn't he? You know, gunners, gunners, yeah, gunners, yeah, gunners, 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 gunners,
you know and so you know at least he brought into the whole uh the old ethos of the club of course until kickoff then he just seemed to lose interest in the league never mind they eh? you can't have it all no you can't all right then. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. I think that's about it for this episode. So obviously you've got the internationals coming up. We'll see what happens. A lot of people are speculating. That a lot of players are going to go off and come back with COVID because of traveling and sharing rooms and planes and mixing with other people. So uh, yeah, I expect a little bit of carnage when we come back, but uh, I take it you guys will be up for a uh, game week. Would it game, game week five preview when they call mm-hmm. come back? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do oh, a game week five preview and I'll say in ahead of that guys, just I know you've got itchy thumbs and itchy fingers and everyone's <laughs> thinking and regretting the decisions they made, but just hold tight, sit sit on your hands for now and don't mm. press that wild card if you already haven't. Yeah. Um because it's worth waiting to see how things play out first. Yeah. I I've that's got, definitely my one, message too. I've got one rookie question. If I don't, if I make a transfer this week, does that mean I don't get a transfer next week? Do I get two transfers since we're waste, wasting no. one weekend? I just no, get the one. No. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, All right. Cool. I'm, I'm good. I haven't, I haven't done it yet. I haven't done it yet. I haven't done it yet. But I was good. thinking, oh mate, I'll get two. This will give you a good time. So, <laughs> no, I'll get the one. It's, right. it's, it's per game week, not per actual week. Yeah. So effectively, you get 38 every season. Yeah, uh, if you if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Uh, also, we are now on Spotify and Radio Public, Anchor FM. And uh, if you're listening to, to us on YouTube, occasionally if we go through our teams, we'll have the visuals there. So that's the advantage of watching the video. But if you want to listen to us on the go, then you can get us on Spotify. And we will also be on all other good places where people get their podcasts. Hit subscribe, hit like, help us out, show us some love. But apart from that. See you guys all uh, for the next pod just before game week five. So I'm going to say good night. Enjoy your week, guys, and enjoy not having to think about your teams for now. <laughs> yeah, have a good week, guys. Watch uh, watch Partey doing madness twice over the international break. <laughs> we'll hold you to that. We'll hold you to that because we, we don't forget here. Uh, nothing gets forgotten. All right. Peace, guys. <laughs> good night. Good night. <laughs>